If you podcast with guests and co-hosts, then I think you're going to love these eight tools for collaborating. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 220. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. If you podcast with another person, then you've probably had the need to be able to collaborate with them on your preparations for the podcast and how you're going to present the information. There are those exceptions where if you have an interview-based show, You just have a template, maybe, of questions, and you send those questions to everyone who's going to be on your show. That's one way of running an interview show. That's not the only way of running it. You might have unique questions for every guest that you have on your show. But when you run into that circumstance where you want to collaborate with people, that is, co-author the notes or prepare together, whether it be your regular co-host for your podcast or maybe guests you're going to have on your podcast— then there are some great tools you can use that make this a lot easier than working with email or instant messenger or text messages or all of these different communication tools that we have that can sometimes be all over the place and difficult to track and keep track of and manage the information that you need to share for the podcast. So I've got seven great tools for collaborating with podcast guests and co-hosts. Most of these tools are also free or available for a very low cost depending on your particular needs. I'll have all of these in the show notes for episode 220 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash co-host tools. Number one, Google Docs. I think this is the king of real-time collaboration for documents. I think just about everyone seems to know about Google Docs and uses Google Docs in some way or another. With Google Docs, you can create all kinds of documents like spreadsheets, actual documents like it's a word processing document, and presentations, and share these with podcast co-hosts and guests. You can also upload files and share those, or you can upload a whole folder and share the folder of documents and files and share those with guests and co-hosts. This real-time collaboration on these different types of documents and files really make it easy for you to co-author these things together where I can edit and you can edit. You can see what I added. I can see what you added. And Google Docs is in real time. So you can see what I'm typing exactly as I'm typing it. You can see every individual character pop up as I'm typing. You can even see where my mouse cursor is or if I've put my mouse cursor in a certain location or made a note somewhere. You can see that with Google Docs, and this is a very easy, very accessible way for many people to be able to collaborate in real time on documents. There are many different ways you could use Google Docs for collaboration, and I'm not going to give you a full course on how to use Google Docs for collaboration. It's up to you, but here are some examples. You could use Google Docs proper to make just a straight linear document that is the flow of a particular episode. This can include bullet points, links, photos, whatever. You can comment on it. You can see what someone else has added. You can add content in real time, 
edit these things together, share them in read-only mode or in comment-only mode, or even in full edit mode with your guests and co-hosts. It's a very linear fashion to do it that way, and I would recommend that you have one document per episode, so that way every episode gets its own document that's easy to share then with just the people that need to be involved with that episode, but you can put all of those documents in a folder and share that folder with your other regular co-hosts so they have access to all of the episodes. You can also use Google Docs to create spreadsheets, and some podcasters really like spreadsheets for doing their podcast preparations. They might have three different columns, and one example of that is in the first column is the name of the segment. So maybe it's news or a tip or an update or a rant or something like that. In the second column, it's the basic content that's going to be inside of that episode. And then in the third column, it might be who is responsible for that content or who's leading that conversation, who's responsible to transition from one point to the next, something like that. That's just one example of how you could use Google Spreadsheets for your podcast preparations. There are many different ways that you can use these. And Google Docs is a great tool that you can use then for collaborating with other people in real time. In addition to that whole file sharing feature that's very similar to Dropbox, but it's integrated with Google. There is also Zoho as another alternative that's basically just like Google Docs. But I think Google Docs is the more widely known and used tool. So it's what I would suggest that if you're going to use a document collaboration tool, Google Docs would probably be easiest for you. And I'll I'll mention more about choosing easy and powerful tools near the end of this episode. That's number one, Google Docs. Number two, Workflowy. If you like lists, then I think you'll love Workflowy. Workflowy is essentially a list where you get bullet points And inside of those bullet points, they can have more bullet points and more bullet points and more bullet points to an infinite depth. And you can share at any level of these. So I could have 1,000 levels deep share something there, but also share something that's only 100 levels deep. Or I could share different links or sections. Workflowy is my favorite way of taking simultaneous notes on something. With my Once Upon a Time podcast, which is over at oncepodcast.com, we often watch the episodes together at the same time. So we're taking notes on the same content at the same time. When we were working with Google Documents for that, we'd end up getting pretty frustrated because what would happen is as one person was taking notes, it would add more text in there, as you would expect. But then whoever was taking notes below that person would have their screen continuously bumped down and lose their place and because of the notes that someone else is taking. It was getting a little complicated like that since everything was on pretty much a flat level of information, no extra dimensions. It was very two-dimensional, essentially. And that works for some people. It wasn't really working for us, but with Workflowy, here's a way that I use it with our Once Upon a Time podcast. We have a section for One's Podcast And it has all of our individual episodes as bullet points inside of that section. I share that whole section with my co-hosts. So they see whenever I add an additional bullet point for each new episode. So it's 101, 102, 103, 104, and so on. Then inside of each of those bullet points, 
is a template that I just duplicate over and over and over. And that is that it contains our different main sections that we want to cover, like our sponsorship thanks, our iTunes reviews, any announcements, uh, a reminder to include anything else that we need to. And then we have our main discussion section. Inside of that main discussion bullet point, so these are more sub-bullet points, we currently split it up into either scenes or topics, depending on how we want to approach our conversation with this particular episode of the TV show. So we have all of these then sections of conversation inside of that, and we can add a hashtag to each of them. Like the way that Once Upon a Time tells its story is there's usually a storyline in the present, and there's a storyline in the past or in some other alternate world, very similar to how Lost did it, where you're really seeing two stories at the same time. So then we add this hashtag that might be hashtag present and hashtag past. That allows us to, when we finished adding our notes, quickly filter them so we see only the past hashtags or only the present. We can also add hashtags to content inside of our notes. Like if someone has a suggestion for a closing line, they can add it in their section and just add the hashtag closing. So then when I search for closing later, they'll instantly see, or I will instantly see, all of the lines that are suggested that I use as the closing line of the podcast. That's one aspect of it. But then inside of each of these sections of conversation, we have more sub bullet points that are a point for each of our podcast hosts. So there's Daniel, Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, Jacqueline, and feedback. So that's where we then put our appropriate notes for that particular section. Each of us make sub bullet points under our name and we put the feedback in as a sub bullet point under that. Each bullet point can also have its own text that goes along with it. So the bullet point itself could be just a short sentence or a few words. And then if you press shift enter on a browser or a mobile device, then that allows you to add paragraphs of text inside of that one bullet point. This might seem a bit confusing as I'm describing it, but go look at workflow. And I've got a link to that in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash co-host tools. This really works well for our podcast. And especially when we're taking notes simultaneously, because it's not changing the layout as I'm adding sub bullet points under my name it's not changing someone else's layout for what they see and bumping down their screen. Also, you can zoom in on any individual point so that you're seeing only that point, none of the other points around it. I use this with the SEO for Podcasters course. I put all of my notes inside of Workflowy, and the reason for that was I wanted one single place where all of my notes were the outline of everything I was going to present, but I wanted to be able to zoom in on particular sections that I could talk from on those sections. So I used my iPad and I would just tap into a particular section. So I then see only that point and its sub points for that particular section. It worked really well for that. Workflowy is free. There's also a premium plan that you can use that gives you an unlimited capacity inside of Workflowy, as well as the ability to securely share notes not just sharing notes with the link that anyone who has that link can use, but still it's one of those extremely randomly generated links that no one could guess it. But if someone had it, they could easily create an account and edit. That's with the free plan with Workflowy, but there is also a paid plan as well. And that's Workflow with a Y at the end. 
And there's a link in the show notes for episode 220. That's my number two recommended tool for collaborating with podcast co-hosts. Number three, Hackpad. If you were to mix Google Documents and Workflowy together, I think you would get Hackpad. It's a very modern, very feature-rich collaboration platform. It has a lot of these same ideas of collaborating on a document, but also multiple levels of depth like Workflowy has. It really focuses a lot on team collaboration features. Like it makes it really easy for you to see who added this point and this point belongs to who else and who edited this particular section. You can also embed multimedia very easily right inside of Hackpad. It's a great platform for developing your podcast show notes or collaborating on your preparation for a podcast show. And it's got a lot of features to it. It is available for free and it's now owned by Dropbox as well. There are premium plans to that if you need that. And it has this great integration with Dropbox, then synchronization, real-time collaboration, and it's available on mobile devices as well. Number four, Slack. Slack is my new favorite tool. It's designed around communication, but it can also be used for a lot more than that. Think of Slack as a group instant messaging program. You can have multiple private channels or public channels. Now, public meaning public to just the team you have invited to Slack. Slack is not something you would use as a chat room or invite the public at large to Slack. It would be for specific team members and they can use these public channels or open channels or these private channels for specific conversations. Or you can communicate one-on-one with these people or create little subgroups of people to be in certain channels that the content for that channel relates just to that subgroup of people. And you can have a general and a random channel that apply to everyone. I use Slack now for all communication with my Mix network team because it's really fast and easily accessible from a web browser, from a Windows computer, from an OS X computer, from an iOS device, from an Android device. It's all over the place, and it's really easy to have some real-time communication around different projects. Some of the ways that you can split up channels, like in my case, we have a general channel under NoodleMix Network, which is where anything that applies to the overall network, that's where we talk about it. I might post a short announcement there. Someone might ask a question. Someone might share some cool uh, milestone they're getting to. Like, for example, Once Podcast recently just had its 200th episode. Beyond the To-Do List had its 100th episode. Our Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, Welcome to Level 7, is getting close to its 100th episode. And they also just recently covered the season finale of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we talk about some of the other milestones and stuff that just really helps build our team. And I'm finding... The relationships are strengthening between the network co-hosts that they might not have otherwise ever talked to each other, but by being in such a casual communication platform like Slack, they're connecting, they're learning about each other, they're learning about each other's podcasts, and we're able to support each other more. Then we have a random channel, which is just anything that's not official business. Sometimes someone will get in there and just rant about something. Sometimes it might be, hey, I'm having a problem with my computer 
or, hey, did you see this interesting news item? Just whatever. It's anything that's not related to the network is welcome to be discussed inside of the random channel. And then for some of the podcasts where there are multiple co-hosts, we have additional channels. Like for the Once Upon a Time podcast, we have a channel. That way, all of us can communicate because there are five podcast hosts plus the other team members like our podcast producer, our show notes writer, one of our forum moderators. And it's great for us to all be able to communicate together and know what's going on and share ideas. But it doesn't just stop with communication. Slack can also be a great way to collaborate on things because of their vast array of integrations with other apps and platforms like Google Docs or Dropbox or the easy ability to paste an image or upload an image right into the conversation and comment on that image. Or you can create posts, which are like documents inside of Slack, and you can edit these together, comment on them and such. So it's more than just communication, but it is about team collaboration. Slack is available for free and premium plans if you need more features or have a really, really big team that you want to be able to use and have a lot of these integrations. Again, the link to this is in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash co-host tools. That's number four. Number five, Evernote. When you need to be able to collect information and lots of different kinds of information or remember things, then you've probably heard of Evernote if you haven't been using it already. Evernote lets you create individual notes to hold almost anything inside of them. It could be a photo, some text, some files, links, and much more that can be held inside of Evernote. It can be screenshots of a web page. An entire web page can be captured inside of Evernote. You can annotate your different screenshots or captures inside of Evernote. And that's all great from the solo perspective. And I do use Evernote and I use it for collecting things, making notes, drafting ideas and such. Also managing my bookmarks. I'll mention more about bookmarks in a minute with another tool. But the collaboration for Evernote comes in when you share an entire notebook with someone else. So yes, you could collaborate on just an individual note, but sharing an entire notebook makes it easy then for everyone who's involved to collect notes and resources inside of that notebook. Someone might find a link. They share that into the Evernote notebook. Someone finds a YouTube video. They share that. Someone finds a picture. They share that. It doesn't all have to be on a single document, but these are multiple notes that then can be shared inside of Evernote, and you can collaborate on these individual notes. There's also a built-in work chat feature that allows you to communicate in an instant messenger style with everyone else who is sharing that particular notebook. Evernote is a great platform for this. Like these other tools, there is a free version as well as a couple premium versions now available for Evernote. I'm a subscriber to the premium plan and I really like it. I like the security. I like the extra amount of storage that I have inside of Evernote. I think Evernote is a great way to keep track of information. I previously was a big fan of SpringPad, but SpringPad shut down and I was already switched over to Evernote by the time that SpringPad switched down. And I can see the benefits that the old platform had, but I really like how flexible Evernote is. That's number five. Number six, delicious. If your show focuses primarily on discussing links, like news items, things you find on the internet and such, Delicious might be the ideal tool for you. 
Evernote can bookmark pages as well, and that can work great. And of course, any of these other tools, you can just paste the links into them. But Delicious has this great ability of being able to bookmark things, share those bookmarks with other people, and add tags. It's all designed around bookmarks. You can even then comment on these different links that you share with each other. So this can be a great way to be able to collaborate around links. Maybe you have a particular tag that you use for your upcoming episodes or stories to be considered. And whenever you see a link that you want to discuss in the podcast with your fellow co-hosts, you tag it. And then you guys just look at all of the links associated with that tag and you work through this. There are also other social bookmarking tools like this, Pinboard and Digo and a couple others out there as well that you could try out. Many of these are free and also offer premium plans as well. It's a great way to collaborate if you're focused on just those links. And because of Delicious having been around for quite a while and many of these other social bookmarking tools provide RSS feeds or XML, JSON data, that kind of stuff, there are a lot of integrations out there. So you could have something integrated with If This Then That, where whenever you add a bookmark inside of Delicious, it automatically uploads it to Evernote. That's what I do. Or maybe it sends out an email to someone whenever you tag something inside of Pinboard or anything like that. There are a lot of great integrations because it is a very simple platform with a very flexible API. That's number six, Delicious, Pinboard, Digo, one of those other social sharing tools. Number seven, Sync.in. If you want something really quick and simple as a way of collaborating on an individual note, then sync.in might be the service for you. Like the other services, it allows you to create a note, collaborate in real time, have some basic text on there, links and such. But what's really cool is that sync.in is designed that you don't have to have an account. So I could create a note in sync.in, send it to someone, and they can start collaborating on that note without having to ever sign up for anything. This is great when you really don't want to inconvenience someone else to say, hey, sign up for this account or give me your Gmail or, oh, you don't have a Gmail, then you need to sign up for a Google account. Here, I'll help you with that. It can start to get complicated when you're forcing someone to use your particular tool, especially if they're only going to be in your podcast for one episode. That's where sync.in can come in and make things a lot easier and faster for you. Right now, as of May 2015, the free public note creation feature is currently disabled, but there are premium plans available that if you sign up for that, you still get many of those features and more, and you can create those notes rather quickly and not require someone else to create an account to be able to collaborate with your notes. That's number seven, sync.in. And number eight, MindMeister. Most of these methods are either linear or collection-based. Linear, where you're editing notes that flow logically from point one to point ten. Collection-based, where you're just dumping everything into some kind of collection, a bin somehow, like Evernote or Delicious and such. Mind mapping is another way of thinking. It's not linear. It's also not just a dumping ground. It's kind of a little bit of both, but you have the ability to connect things around with each other. It's, it's really a great brainstorming exercise. You start with a core idea, and then you start branching out, branching out, branching out, branching out. 
It really allows you to easily follow multiple paths of thought as well as connecting different things with each other and showing some hierarchy or connection or just following the path wherever it goes. MindMeister is a great tool to be able to use this. You can get MindMeister on computers through the web browser as well as through mobile devices. Another alternative that you could consider is Mind42 as a mind mapping program through your web browser. So these eight tools are powerful and also simple in their own ways to be able to collaborate with your podcast guests and co-hosts. Number one, Google Docs. Number two, Workflowy. Number three, Hackpad. Number four, Slack. Number five, Evernote. Number six, Delicious and some of the other options. Number seven, Sync.in. And number eight, MindMeister or Mind42. I'd love to hear from you what special tools work well for you in collaborating with your guests or co-hosts and how do you use some of these tools if you use them please comment on the show notes for episode 220 at the audacitypodcast.com slash co-host tools here's my recommendation if you're new to this world of collaboration and you know you need it if you're dealing with things over instant messenger or email if you're doing anything and you've ever wondered, wait, where was that thing? Or you ever lose track of the conversation, then you probably need one of these tools. And all of these tools have their places. You could potentially use all of them. I wouldn't recommend that. But they each approach the issue from a different angle. And they're all very powerful. They can be lots of fun to use and work with these tools as well. But a podcast collaboration tool is no good if no one uses it. So I suggest that you go with what's easiest for your entire team because any tool that makes collaboration happen is better than no collaboration at all. Yes, there might be a little bit of kickback if you start implementing a new tool. There might be some people really excited about it. The thing is, pick a tool that works that's not so complicated that no one's going to use it and something that gets the job done. Don't make your decision based on whatever looks coolest or has the most features. Make the decision on does it do what you need it to do? Does it make collaboration easier? If yes, use that tool. If no, try a different tool or try to learn how to use the tool a little bit better. I'd love your thoughts on these tools and what your favorite tools are for collaborating with podcast guests and co-hosts. So please comment on the show notes for episode 220 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash co-host tools. Thank you for your kind reviews in iTunes. I've gotten a bunch of reviews in iTunes recently, and I'm going to spread these out because I want to stuff all of them right here into this one individual episode. But thanks to David Silverman, who is co-creator of Clamor, one of my new favorite apps that came out of New Media Expo and NAB show. And David said, I'm trying to learn everything I can about podcasting, and I can definitely say that it doesn't get any better as a source of up-to-date info than the Audacity to Podcast. Wow, David, thank you very much for that kind review. Magic 3461 said, I love it. It is one of my favorites. Very practical and friendly, too. Thank you very much, Magic 3461 for that kind review. And Audio Brian said, Daniel has many helpful tips, or I'm really glad that you find the tips helpful. I'm really glad to be inspiring you and equipping you 
to launch or improve your own podcast. And that's really what the Audacity to Podcast is all about. Your written reviews really do encourage me. Every time I see a new review come in, a big smile comes on my face. So I really, really appreciate your honest reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, then please consider going to theaudacitytopodcast.com and clicking on the iTunes button or the Stitcher button to write a review for me there. And if you'd like your own podcast reviews emailed to you automatically, like I get every Monday morning before I record an episode of the Audacity Podcast, I've got my latest iTunes reviews from everywhere iTunes is available, all of the other countries, which is a pain to try and look for otherwise, then check out the service I created at mypodcastreviews.com. Premium plans start at $5 a month and let you monitor two podcasts and get weekly updates. And you can go up from there and monitor more podcasts, get more frequent updates and other cool features like sorting and filtering your reviews to see just what are all of just your three-star reviews. How can you turn those people into five-star reviewers and such? And you can really have a lot of fun with this in addition to showing your community that you see what they say and care about what they say, and you can learn and improve your podcast this way. And getting more reviews in iTunes does actually help you climb the charts better, rank better, be found better, possibly get featured better. And reviews can only help you. And that's why I created my podcast reviews, because just by reading your reviews in your podcast, that inspires other people to write reviews for your podcast because they want to hear themselves mentioned in your podcast. Here's my request. If you review the Audacity podcast, please make sure if your real name isn't your username, please make sure that you end your review with your real name. And if you already have a podcast, mention it in your review or put the basic URL in there because I'd love to be able to link to your show in the show notes when I thank you for writing the review. But you can check out that service to get your reviews automatically emailed to you at mypodcastreviews.com. I've got some really cool announcements coming up. Well, first of all, I've started publishing my videos from New Media Expo and NAB Show 2015. At this moment, I have my video with Clamor and also my video with Sennheiser about their new ClipMic Digital and MKE2 Digital microphones available. That's on my YouTube channel as well as Podcasting Video Tips, my video podcast that's available in iTunes. And that's all at theaudacitypodcast.com as well. Those videos I'm really excited about because I also have a brand new video intro and closing that I use in those videos. I think it's really cool. I had a lot of fun making that. But some upcoming announcements in addition to the videos that I continue publishing in the next episode of the Audacity Podcast. It will be released during the week of Audacity's 15th birthday. Yeah, Audacity turns 15 on May 28th. It was originally launched on May 28th, 2000, and we're going to celebrate the 15th birthday by interviewing Roger Dannenberg, one of the Audacity co-founders, and talking about 15 years of Audacity, what inspired him to create Audacity with some of the others on the team and the other volunteers, what they think about how Audacity has grown, and maybe some questions about the future as well. I'm really excited about that interview, really honored to have Professor Roger Dannenberg on the podcast with me and really grateful for the time that he's taking off his day to be on that. So I'm really looking forward to that. I know I'm saying really a lot because I am really excited about that. And that'll be in the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast. And also I'll be speaking at Podcast Midwest in Chicago 
on May 23rd. And you can go to podcastmidwest.com and use the promo code NOODLE to save $20 if you can make it up there. Eric Fisher and I will be co-presenting How to Improve Your Podcasting Workflow. We've got some great content lined up to help you edit faster and help you to write your show notes faster and prepare faster and just have a better podcast by having a better workflow. SEO for Podcasters, my complete course teaching you search engine optimization for your podcast, how to rank better in iTunes, how to make your podcast more findable, how to engage your audience so people aren't just finding you, but they're finding you and engaging with your content and becoming subscribers or purchasing those products or writing those reviews for you. That SEO for Podcasters course, from when I launched it, I realized the price is too low on this thing. And the price will be going up because it's a lot more information than was originally planned for the course when that price was first set. So if you want to get the course and lock in the price while it is still $99, then go buy it now. TheAudacityToPodcast.com slash SEO. The price will be going up significantly in June 2015. So if you want to get it before the price goes up, then go to TheAudacityToPodcast.com slash SEO. Just two other conferences I want you to know about. New Media Europe is coming up September 12th through the 13th in Manchester in the United Kingdom. That is like New Media Expo, but on the other side of the pond. This will be a blogging conference, a podcasting conference. This is put on by Mike and Isabella Russell from Music Radio Creative and another great team of volunteers and supporters and sponsors over there. If you can't make it to the U.S. for any of these podcasting or social media and new media conferences, definitely go to New Media Europe or go to both if you can. I have a link over in the show notes for this episode, theaudacitypodcast.com slash co-host tools. Also in the United States, July 31st through August 2nd in Fort Worth is Podcast Movement. I'll be speaking there and I'm really excited for that conference. There's a lot of stuff going on. They've announced new speakers and a great team of people running that. If you use the promo code NOODLE, then you'll be able to save 10% off your registration. But do that now because ticket prices are about to go up. All of these links and announcements and resources that I mentioned are at the show notes for episode 220 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash co-host tools. And make sure that you leave a comment there to let me know how you use these co-hosting tools or collaborate with your co-hosts. Let me know if there's any way that I can help you with your podcasting. My contact information is on the website at theaudacitypodcast.com. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.